I prefer really not to not to speak. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. Football, what the hell? And you know better football than me? No. So why are you talking? Hello and welcome back to episode 31 of the TND Podcast. I'm your host Alex, back again. Nor and Will, how are you guys feeling? Real good. <laughs> Real good. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing all right. Not too bad. <laughs> Uh, so finally, this day's here, October fifth, the end of the transfer window. Thank God, this all this crap is over. All the rumors, it's done. It's over with. It's finished. And we're gonna talk about some transfers in the Premier League right now, or just big transfers in general, really. So I guess the latest one and uh, one of the biggest ones was Thomas Partey from Atletico Madrid to Arsenal Football Club. DM, highly rated. Some might say best D, one of the best DMs in the world. What are you guys saying about party to Arsenal? Because for me, I'm jealous. I can't lie. I might have to start the agenda because I feel like any club really who's looking for a DM, Thomas Partey is one of the is top five in the world when it comes to DMs. And I don't know how Arsenal got him. Like I don't know. I mean, I, like Arsenal might be bigger than Atletico. I guess not really. I mean. But they got him, and for me, it's a it's a huge signing. It's a world-class signing, and it's a signing that Arsenal's been needing for years because they're a soft touch in midfield. Their midfield, their midfield needed a, a general, a DM, a commander, a, a steal in the midfield for years to, now, and they finally got got one. So for the lack of ingoings that they had this, um, this transfer window, if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm elated that parties coming um yeah so uh thomas Partey, very good player in my opinion uh top five dms in the world is kind of a stretch to me i'll find uh, your tweets I, nora i'll find your tweets <laughs> you can you can find him out. like i know he's a very good player i just don't think he's top five dms i also don't think dm is his best position i think he's a very skilled passer of the ball uh i think the best way to utilize him is probably have a DM behind him and, you know, make him go box to box, kind of like just a central midfielder. Uh, but he is a very good player and he's someone that Arsenal need, definitely. But I think there's a reason he wasn't, I don't think he was their first choice. So I think there's a reason behind that. Uh, I'm not jealous or anything. Uh, he's a very good player. He's going to fit in very well, hopefully. But, uh, there's a reason Awar. I feel like Awar would have been the better signing for them. Uh, and also, uh, no matter what anyone thinks about Jorginho, I feel like Jorginho would have been a very good signing for Arsenal. Nah, nah. See, but, I was letting you rock with the with the whole you know level headed thing, but you just <laughs> come on now, come I, on now. Don't, I, I really don't. do feel like Jorginho uh, would have been a better signing for Arsenal. Like, right, I, see, well, I see what you're doing today. I see what type of time you're uh, on. I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm kind of with Nora here. I, uh, <laughs> I kind of uh, rate Jorginho uh, higher, my guy. No, Okay, it seems like we're not together, Will, because I don't rate Jorginho higher. I just feel like he's Jorginho. doing that for Bance because no one rates. Do you ever rate Jorginho? <laughs> I, ra- I actually rate Jorginho. What are you talking about? I rate him. I no mean, problem. he's not. He's not as good as Partey. No, I don't I think either of them are top five yeah. or even top ten, but 
Wow. You can't give me five Dion's better than part-time role football. I definitely yeah. can. Nora, I don't want to hear your list. I don't. Will? Because <laughs> your list is going to be... Don't. I don't want to hear your list, bro. I don't. Uh, anyway, I think it's a good signing, though. I think Arsenal have done a decent job shaping up, I guess, defensively this window, which is what they always need help in. But I... I, I nah. To me, like, they just overall with Arsenal. They address the problems, but it's just I'm not convinced that they fully solved the issues. What I'm saying for me, they just needed all. I thought I thought all our and party would be a perfect window because they need that creativity. But it's like those are two sides of the same coin. Like they need all for the creativity, but they also still always needed that DM. So when party, they got it. And you guys will see. It's all right. We'll come back to this to your your takes in a couple months, and and you'll see how how good party is if you guys didn't rate him already. That's how he is. Uh, is definitely a lot more creative than uh, Thomas Partey is. But Partey in his own right isn't like a bum either. I think he could still create chances. But Arsenal, with the way, with how defensive Arteta has been setting up throughout, you know, his tenure, uh, I think he's given them that sort of stability in midfield. And what they're lacking is that you know, that spark that's going to drive them forward. And Awar would have been, you know, the number one guy for me. Uh, I also feel Jorginho, despite what anyone thinks, I think Jorginho is a better passer of the football than Thomas Partey is. Uh, so I feel like that could have also come in handy. Uh, but yeah. is a false image. I don't know. Jorginho, do, do you remember Jorginho's performance against Sheffield last I season? Mean, My guy was getting burned by McGoldrick. Don't. I don't. mean, and... <laughs> Whatever you say, say I, I think my Nigerian brother, Wilfred Ndidi, is better than that guy. <laughs> it's over Arsenal now, so I don't care what anyone thinks. You should, you should <laughs> that, believe that. That is true. As I'm as not going to lie, that is true. I, I mean, it's facts. He's not, but... Oh, my goodness. Ndidi can't pass the ball like Partey does, but what I'll say... And Partey um, can't cover the midfield like Ndidi does. Yes, he can, and you'll see it. But it's all right. What, I was, what I'll say is this. Um, you said how... Um, yeah, they're lacking that creative spark. I think Arteta has been playing so defensive because their lack of the steel in midfield. So I think now with Partey and that will free up, they'll free up the team more to be more um on the front foot. But I do agree that all yeah all would have been a great signing as well. Yeah. Uh, so which signing do you guys want to touch on next? I think we look at maybe what. Uh, Fulham have done. They've picked up a lot of pieces. Uh, I think they still go down. They're definitely <laughs> down. I think they still go down. Uh, you know, and it's. I mean, you look at some of the players they picked up: Lamina, Ola Aina, uh, Ademola Lukman, uh, Ariola. I mean, these are like good players but they need a center back for me i mean they signed one they signed it they signed a center back i don't know how good he's going to be oh yeah Joachim anderson from anderson yeah Yeah. because that was their main thing is they went down with tim ream joe bryan adore whatever they came up with the same back four they're terrible they are terrible so not good enough i hope anderson changes changes it because even they try to play um they changed it up a little bit against wolves playing like a 4-4-2 like more trying to just defend more they still lost the game and it's wolves so 
And uh, yeah, Ruben. I'm not, Ruben. Cheek, yeah. Yeah. He just needed I mean, to move away from Chelsea at this de- point. Definitely. There's good players all over the pitch, but sometimes, you know, that's not enough. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you could look at Aston Villa last season. They had good players all around the pitch, but they still struggled yeah. to stay up. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be tough for them to yeah. stay up this year with that defense. And hopefully, Ruben Loftus, he could find his um form again because to me, he's a little hyped or a little overhyped. But under Sari, before he tore his ACL, he was playing well. And it felt like after that, his career kind of went back to how it was now, not getting game time, falling out of favor. And yeah, that, that Achilles injury really kind of kind of ruined his progression like badly especially when yeah. you when he was basically in line to play in the Europa League final and all of that so yeah hopefully he can get back um to it yeah, and he, he, got, Villa, he got a couple of call-ups to the England squad yeah. during that yeah. period so but yeah I uh, think he could be England's best CM like ooh. if he hits his form running and does I mean there's not much competition to be fair I was just like, about to not, that. yeah but, <laughs> it's you know, I think he could hey, big man big man listen <laughs> It's Ox, but what? <laughs> hey man, Ox doesn't even get in the conversation. I... Yeah, um, that's you mentioned uh, Villa and yeah. Villa. We'll get to their game in this during the weekend, but just um, on their signs because they made some signings. You know, Ross Barkley from um, Chelsea. Chelsea. Uh, they got Ollie Watkins from Brentford. Scored and. Him. I don't want to get because I don't want to get too much in depth because we're going to talk about that game. But there, those are definitely signings that are smart when you think of how Grealish Loki had one of the craziest carry jobs last season to keep Villa up. Definitely. And Villa could have done the thing where a team who just went up would just be like, okay, let's just try to survive again, or we can really try and you know st- like stay up, it, like bat, like you know, exactly. not just like grip. And I feel like that's what they did with the signings they made. They did it. They the signs they made really. It's it, Grealish doesn't have to. It's not a carry job. He doesn't have to ball hog now. They, he has players that can also play with him as as well instead of him just having to try to do everything himself. Yeah. Um, uh, so Villa. On that, season. yeah, especially since like what you just said, they you know backed up what they did last season to try and improve. Especially since if we look at the summer they came up from the championship, they spent a lot of money also that summer. Mm-hmm bring in a lot of players and this this season they've also backed the manager again awarded Grealish with a new contract and they brought in even more players so uh, I think Jack. yeah I, th- I think they're they're set for right now uh, Leeds also today brought in Rafinha the winger from Rennes I think that's also a good signing Leeds wanted Daniel James obviously uh, why United did not sell go. him is beyond me. That's really beyond me. But you sell after one season. Numbers. We we need numbers in the squad. But yeah, <laughs> William, if you watch Daniel James weekly, like I did last season, and Nor did, you would not want him anywhere near a Premier League team, really, because that it just got worse and worse. Um. So yeah, United. I guess we'll get to United signings. Speaking of the fact that we're on Dan James, um, they signed Alex Tellez from Porto. Um, that'll be good competition for. Um, what else did they sign? And oh, and Cavani, of course. What? Well, what do you think of these signings on from the outside? And Facundo Palestri. Palestri. Yeah, and they signed some some youngins. Traore, highly rated. 
Palestri, I, I don't think. I don't know about him, but. I mean, there's only, there only like three big chancers that they had, right? There was yeah, three coming in this summer. Yeah. No, four coming in this summer and then one coming in January. Gotcha. Well, Van de Beek, we already touched on a bit, so I'm not going to really talk mm-hmm. much about him. Cavani, obviously, it's, you know, he's not as good as he used to be, for sure, obviously, but I think it's definitely better than Iallo. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like, it's not like a, you know, huge shattering deal, but it's, you know, at least coverage for, you know, that striker position, which they desperately needed because they didn't that, replace Lukaku. Does the Cavani signing and Tele signing put fear in you in any way? Do you, does this, does this no. change any way you feel no. about United? It, it really, it really does not because both of them are, Cavani is a backup player in my eyes. He's just mm-hmm. there to, you know, have a backup striker and Tellez is just to give Luke shot competition, but. You know, he doesn't... He, he's a solid left-back. I think he will become the starter over Luke Shaw. But, you know, when you look at, you know, Spurs signing a way better left-back. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Nora, you want to touch on United signs before we get to Spurs signings? Uh, there's really not much to touch on. We barely got these players over the line. Uh, Cavani, I think... I'm happy with the Cavani signing. I'm happy with uh, Alex Tellez. Uh, obviously... These are very good players. Let's not like sugarcoat. These are good players, uh, but look at look at the, the one attorney. the one area that I that I needed <laughs> the one area that I needed addressed never got addressed this summer. Actually, the two areas that I wow. wanted addressed never got addressed. So uh, I'm not too happy about the summer. Uh, but what are these yeah, two areas? For me, despite what anyone says about center back, I agree that we do need a center back. But for me, the two most pressing areas right now are the right wing and DM. Uh, so those two areas, I feel that's where we needed to address the most. I feel like if we addressed right wing and center back, okay, then DM you could kind of ease up on. But I feel like right wing could not be compromised. We needed to get... I guess Pal- Palistri is a right winger, but that's someone who I've never watched a full football game on, so I can't pass an opinion on him. Uh, he plays at Peñarol, and I don't watch that Uruguayan football. So, uh, yeah. I don't think any United fan can really be happy when you look at the targets that were set um, coming into the year, coming into the um, the window. Cavani was on no one's list. Yeah, they needed a striker. As you said, DM, basically all the positions that they needed to really prioritize besides left back, they really didn't, and they didn't get any first-choice targets. But um, Spurs, Spurs um, finished this transfer window, and they had a pretty good window, especially considering it's Spurs. And, you know, Levy doesn't like he's really He was really smart with his spending, and they got good players. Hoiberg, Reguillon, Bale, Doherty, Doherty, and Vinicius. Well, what you saying about the Spurs transfer window? I'm quite happy because we seem to, you know, get all the areas apart from center back. We seem to have gotten all the areas I was looking for. We got, you know, a better right back in Doherty. You know, obviously he's had a shaky start, but and you know he's playing for a different system than he did at Wolves. So you know it's going to take him time, but hopefully you know he comes to good. Um, we signed a left back, Reylon. Uh, who looks really good. You know, he was the best left back in Spain last season. Um, so I think he's going to do a great job. He already did well against Chelsea in his debut. And I think he, he also did well. Yeah, he did well. No, I don't know what I'm saying. 
But um, and then Vinicius, we finally signed a striker. Striker. Finally, yeah. like ever since the last striker we signed was was it Jorante, and that was over almost two years ago. So we finally Jesus signed a striker. Christ. Yeah. I mean, Harry Kane didn't have a backup last season. His backup, his backup was Troy Parrott last season. That that tells you it all. But um, it's good to actually have an actual backup striker now. You know, obviously he's only on loan, but you know there is a potential, you know, to buy him at the end of the loan. Which you know, if he does well, hopefully he does. He did well in Portugal. He could, hopefully he does well here in England. Joe Hart, obviously, just winning mentality. That's what he was for. I don't think he should be the backup. That's just my opinion. I think he should just be used as you know winning mentality type of person. But teach their own yeah, he's just he's just lastly, for the locker room vibes yeah that's what i thought but apparently he's the backup goalkeeper which is absolutely disrespectful to gazaniga considering he has been fantastic ever since your when you know whenever yours isn't able to play and um lastly obviously gareth bale which brings in that winner's mentality and someone that you know could actually perform on the pitch you know and whether he's a starter or you know a super sub however he's used i think he's possibly the best chance we could have made this window i think yeah. Well, uh, talking about winning mentality, or you want to you want to talk on their transfers, Nora? Yeah, I, I was just gonna say I'm happy for, I'm happy for Mourinho. Uh, I know, like going into Spurs, he probably had his reservations, but uh, he probably got you know a confirmation that we're gonna back you this window, and I feel like they have. Uh, obviously, the one target that they wanted that they didn't get was like Will said, center back. They kind of chased uh, Skriniar for a while. Okay. That was never going to happen. And there were talks about uh, Antonio Rudiger. Uh, but I think the the signings they brought in right now, they're very good for Mourinho. Let's see what he does with them, though. Well, actually, right, real quick, just of... to touch on this. Um, I'm actually fuming now that I just thought about it because how come Pochettino wasn't back like this? I'm sorry. I'm so angry yeah. about that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm still fuming. <laughs> Free. I hope Poch, Poch, wherever you are, I'm waiting for you, my guy. Speaking of winning mentality, we'll get into the Spurs win this weekend. Historic win. They Six said money. Mourinho was finished. They said, said Harry that. Kane was finished. <laughs> I said that. Hold on. Who said Harry Kane was finished? Somebody. I don't know. This is buggy. Someone said that. I'm not going to say that. It was definitely me. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. 6-1, slapped at OT, no mercy ting, Mourinho smiling at the camera, patting Ole on the head, listen, that game could be the Kickstarter for the Mourinho era at Spurs, 6-1, um, yeah, I mean, from beginning to end, United were just outplayed, even, well, no, from like the... Second minute to the end. After the penalty. <laughs> After yeah, United, our penalty. United had a one nil. United had a one nil head start in the game. Right, literally right after the penalty, Spurs said, "Nah, penalty where? Who? What? Goal! <laughs> Howler by Harry Maguire." And it just this got worse. This one was eighty. Eighty mil. It's disgusting. It's it, the signing looks Honestly, worse. It's, and worse. Not, it's not even just Maguire. It's Bayi too. Both of them were just a disaster that game. No, but the thing is. For me, Maguire's the captain. That's why I'm on Maguire's neck right now. Because Maguire's the captain. You did a madness in the, during the summer, beating up Greek, Greek police. In my head, I'm going, all right, all right. You know, that's United Heritage right there. All of our captains, all of our legends, they'd be wilding off the pitch, but they perform. So I'm thinking, this is his season. Oh, yeah, we got we got one now. Nah, it's just getting worse and worse for Maguire. And before, I let it rock because 
It was his first season last season when he was getting megged, when he was getting cooked, burned. Even last year, Bergwijn burning him for the goal in, um, after lockdown. I just let it rock because I'm like, it's his first season. I get it. But it's just – it seems to me like he's regressing. He's just – he's getting – everything he does is just – he pulled down Luke Shaw for the first goal. I would watch that. I'm just like, what is he doing? I'm just like – It's getting embarrassing. It's getting <laughs> like – just looked, like at first, just looked terrible. Yeah, at first, like, his, like, it's getting embarrassing the way he's playing. And it, I feel like that – his – the way he plays just affects the entire team. Like, there's no confidence in the team when you see your captain doing stuff like that. Like, since last season, this has been happening. And it just seems like he's just falling under the pressure. I don't know what's going on with him. But he just – he was rattled that entire game. For United to be 10 men down, and I'm looking, and I'm seeing United – because after when it was, I think, 2-1 or – United were still around Spurs' penalty box. But then – the red card, after the red card, you'd think United is going to, you know, calm down a bit. But I'm seeing Harry Maguire doing up DM right outside. I'm like, bro, you're too slow to be up here. But, yeah, it was a great performance by Spurs. And um, United just, they're just looking lost. That's all I'm going to say uh, for now. Yeah, credit to Spurs. I think they looked, they looked very good. Uh, whenever they went on the attack, they just looked devastating absolutely brilliant from minute one to the end uh, Mourinho set his team up perfectly the United team we it kind of looked like it was the first team playing against the under 18s that's how bad we looked we just looked like we had no experience we had no coaching this has been coming since, uh, since the Crystal Palace result I mean I wouldn't say incoming but uh, I certainly expected us to put up a better fight. Uh, Tottenham are certainly more prepared than we are uh, for that game, but it was just, I have to give credit to Tottenham, and they, they look brilliant. But some of the performances on that day, I don't even want to say some of the, I don't even want to say some of the performances. I'm going to say all of the performances. There was no one on that pitch that day that deserved to be on that pitch, and it was just, you know, it was bad. But, uh, I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, it, we're just three games into the season. It's very early. And this is not a regular season. That's what like I want people to understand. If you look at the four best defensive teams from last year, that was Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, and Wolves. So these are the four teams that conceded the least amount of goals. All four teams this year have mm-hmm. conceded a stupid number of goals. City conceded five against Leicester. We conceded six against Spurs. Liverpool, seven against Aston Villa. And Wolves conceded four against West Ham. That Those are not results. Those are not, you know, scorelines that you ex- expect or would have expected last season from these four teams because these four teams were solid defensively, no matter what, like anyone says. These four teams were the best defensively in the Premier League. And, uh, I think you also have to look at what, uh, how long the season went on. All right, I'm not trying. All right, I'm I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but I'm not trying to hear. Mis- I'm not trying to hear excuses right now because every team we're not <laughs> we're talking about the game right now. Don't stop going to the the COVID. Re- <laughs> talk about the game. Thank you. You, you. That's not an excuse. I'm sorry. That's not an excuse because they've been that playing consistently no, 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 since July now. 
No, but the fact of the matter is, you look at the two teams that have, you know, had extended seasons, which was Manchester United and Manchester City, and then you look at the performances those two teams have put in. No, uh, both teams have barely had any preseason games, and it's showing right now. Both teams have have I not agree, been but good. That's, we're, we're not here. We're not. We're not here to compare. Compare defensive. We're talking about. I'm not saying it's like defensive right now, but like I'm saying these are the factors that played into what's going on right now. And City are not getting the same attention that we are getting, but and they have a better team, a better manager. All right, All right. I'm that's Will. Will, because he Nor has his cape on today. Will <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> oh man, that's just a great performance from my club. Uh, just Kane and Son once again. I mean, Son playing, you know, half injured probably, still with his hammy and just running down, pacing Boy, down. Mourinho, he was never <laughs> Yeah, that was my. That was definitely my games for Mourinho. He was fit. Uh, but like, just everything was just amazing. Lamella with the shit to get Marshall sent off. I mean, embarrassing. <laughs> I mean. You got it. It's also Marshall's fault. Marshall's fault too. I was about to say. I think it's embarrassing by Marshall. For me, it's embarrassing. Like Lamella did what he did, but for me, it was embarrassing that Martial that you're that naive to so, to like to, to hit him back. Him come on, to. yeah, come on. Like you got to like, know better. Lamella like, barely. That, like he, it's not even like he fully hit him. You know, he's just you know trying to push him yeah. away, whatever. Because you know it's it's about to be a corner. You know that yeah. that's always happens at every corner. And Marshall just you know put his hand up to his face like. No matter what, you never put your hand up to the face of a player because worst case scenario, you are getting sent off. He got schooled. Like, like he he lost that. Like yeah. Like Lamelo Lamelo knew exactly what he was doing. He got you got to be smarter than that. Um, like, Lamelo might not be that great of a player, but the, the man shit houses to like the great extent. And Mourinho loves that. That's one thing yeah. when I was watching the team, and it hit me. I was like, this might be the first since since. Mourinho won the league at Chelsea. I feel like I mean I'm not gonna overreact because this is the first game that I really um, saw. I mean they've been playing well Spurs, but to me this was the first time I see this team. Like this is a Jose Mourinho team. You have like the talisman striker and Harry Kane, who I have to retract. People said, including me, he might be washed. I didn't. Know, I had questions. He's evolving. If anything, this playmaker role that he's doing is just insane. I mean. The, the 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 run son's making off of him the passing the vision of Kane I'm he and he looks fitter to me now so I'm just I was just so impressed um the fact that he's doing this playmaker thing but then he's also getting goals it's not like he I there's a lot of people saying I remember Paul Merson was like Kane isn't gonna get chances under Mourinho well look at him now different creating chances and scoring chances I mean this exactly can we just quickly talk about in Dumbele as well yeah let's talk about it. He finally, he just, uh, I don't know what he did over the summer, but this man got fit and he can actually run for 90 minutes now. He made uh, it out the gulag. He made it out the gulag, exactly. Yeah. He, Mourinho I, was, I was about scared. to send him away and he said, nah, I'm staying. Yep. I was scared for him because everyone knows how good he is. And I was like, I hope Mourinho, I thought Mourinho would ruin him, but I'm glad to see he's out here. And I was sick when I saw him start because I was like, oh, nah, he's going to run Pugba ragged. And that's what he did. He showed Pugba levels. Just, but then again, most players in the Premier League these days show Pugba levels. So that's not saying much. But yeah, Spurs, the midfield, Hoiberg, I thought was excellent. Um, be playing that DM role, his passing, his energy. And there was just fight. As I said, it looked like a real Mourinho's team. You got the Harry Kane. You got Hoiberg, your midfield general. Then you have Ndombele, who, who has the license now to do what he does because Hoiberg is there. Um, Eric Dyer. He's been doing playing well at center back for the last 50-50. He's 50-50. Well, 
hey, he, he played well against back. United and Chelsea, though. I mean, yeah. To be fair, United didn't put up much of a fight, but I was he did say, do well against Chelsea despite ca- even the shit break. But I want to be careful in praising Spurs. They were brilliant, but at the same time, United are just so terribly coached that it was like every time there was like no midfield, like, and Dombele had time to turn, move, like. Every the ball to the flanks was always on behind the fullbacks for some reason. It's like United were not the positioning of Aaron Wambasaka and Luke Shaw was just abysmal. It was like I there was no there was no words. It was, it was like I was playing fullback or I was playing in that defense. Like I don't think I would have been at any worse. Luke Shaw for a son's goal, he was playing center back. And then oh, it was a mess. It was just a shambles. But yes, yeah, Spurs were brilliant on the day. And this could be a huge win well it, it is a statement when that's what it was for me a statement win for spurs that we're here and we had them finishing i think sixth in our um in our table last week and for me after this i can i can only see them gunning for top four now ben said it's been a one to listen to me <laughs> yeah i don't know so so are you happy with so far are you seeing with the season because i mean well you played what four games in a, in a week and you won so, them all so uh... It, it's starting to look good now, and especially with the signs coming in, I think we can go get better, you know. Mm. But I'm st- it's, it's Mourinho, man. I'm just not convinced by him. Like, I think it, it's it, it's just too early in the season to pass, you know, judgment on any team. Finally, like as of yeah. right now, there's a lot that's that's gonna happen over the course of the season, and yeah, but for right now, Spurs look very, very good. And they're on pace for a top-four finish as of right now. Yeah, after after the United performance and how they start the season, I can't see United finishing in the top four. As Patrice ever said on Sky, there's no expectations for United um, this season because it just the more games we play, the worse the team looks from top to bottom. And yeah... Um, I don't know, but Spurs looked good and a great win for me. They got to just continue to build on it and there's going to be losses as you said early in the season. And for me, it's about how they bounce back, you know, the mentality to be like, we lost this one. It's all right. We're going to win the next one and continue on, continue on. And when you have, when you think Bale is in the team now, that's a winner coming into the dressing room. It's only, there's a, there's a lot to be um, excited about. Facts. Anything else Actually, you want to fact, touch on? I, Go ahead. I believe all the signings that um we brought in this season have won trophies. Exactly, and then you yeah, have a manager in their career. So, and then you have a manager who's won it all. So, uh, anything else you want to touch on, Nora, Will, with this Spurs or United? Uh, uh, Spurs are winning a trophy this season. I will bet five hundred dollars on that right now. Yikes! If I have five hundred dollars, but they're winning the trophy. I'm saying it right now. Yeah, I it might be the Carabao Cup, but we're winning something. Yeah, I, I have a feeling Spurs could get a trophy this season. I believe All that. Right. So, in Spursy fashion, they somehow still weren't wasn't the talking point of the the day, um, the weekend of the weekend. <laughs> um, Villa seven, Liverpool two. I mean, I woke up, I fell asleep because I was just sick from the United game. Woke up, saw that score, and was like, what is going on? And 
Well, well, did any of you guys actually watch the game? Because then you guys could start more. Um, give a better. I didn't watch the game live. I watched it uh, when when I was in class this morning. <laughs> uh, but Aston Villa. I don't want to take anything away from them because Liverpool were not good on the day. I think once Villa scored that first goal, Liverpool almost didn't feel like playing football anymore. Uh, only Mohamed Salah turned up, really. Uh, everyone was terrible. Van Dijk. Allison uh, was out, obviously, so Adrian started. Uh, Adrian is going to get a huge chunk of the blame, and you know he gave up, I believe it was the first or second goal. As he should. I mean that's that's Adrian, but so many deflected shots. I believe there were three or four deflected three. It goals. It was three. It was three in total. So that's that's unlucky. That's, a, that's then, really unlucky. Yeah. yeah, that's very unlucky. But the, and you look at. I don't think it was a seven-two game because of all the deflected shots. But in that sense, Villa could have also scored more. That's what I was about to say. Villa could have definitely scored more. Like. I don't think Liverpool turned up on the day, and I think they rightfully got beaten. Uh, I don't think it was a 7-2 game, though, but I think they deserve to lose that game 1,000%. And, yeah, it's... I don't think... In general, I don't think Liverpool have looked brilliant, except against one team this season, and that's Arsenal. So, From what I've seen from the highlights, there's definitely more, like chances... Um, that Villa had. So yeah, it, it also like yeah, seven two was was crazy. But then it could have been, they did create their chances. So like even the deflections, I count that. Like I still think those are valid points because there was it was because Aston Villa was just um exploiting Liverpool's weaknesses. I don't know why. I mean the high line that's how they play. So I'm not gonna. I always respect a team who sticks to their guns. But the high line there's there comes to a point where you where I feel like Van Dyke to me. Post lockdown has not been his best. He's been. I feel like he's made errors. I think there was a stat saying he made some like some some of the highest error errors um this year. But yeah, the high line, the ball, the switch to the other side was on every time, and Liverpool were naive. I think to not just say, to not to shut up shop and just be like, all right, or Van Dyke, you know, captain material to be like, let's just defend push sit back a bit because they were getting exploited as you saw this the seven, the last goal. McGinn passed out behind Trent, and there he um, Grealish was in again. Yeah. So, but yeah, Villa played well, as we spoke about with their transfers. Um, you know, Barkley, uh, Watkins, Watkins looked really good. I don't know much about him. I know he was a winger before, and then they, he's up now doing playing number nine, and that's important, I think, for Villa's survival. Being that last year, who do they have? Wesley, Samata, they weren't doing anything, and. From the qual- from what I've seen just in this game with Ollie, with Ollie Watkins, I'm impressed. Like his finish, left foot, right foot, the header. It was an it was a, it was an impressive win for Villa, and this I feel like this is more of a result where you can definitely see as Nori we were talking about the effects of COVID because seven two, like that that's not happening. I feel like with with or even with fans in the stadium, I feel like that's not happening. Like. People were saying, you know, the Villa fans, it sucks that the Villa fans weren't there, but I don't think a 7-2 result would happen, even with the Villa fans there. But yeah. I think that's just, as you said, the lack of preseason, the lack of um, coaches being able to, you know, practice Implement patterns, their ideas, yeah. yeah. Implement their factors, patterns, or play. And I think we're going to get more results like this. Uh, as you said, 7-2, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1
six one five two Leicester City. So I think we're gonna get more results like this. And to me, I love it. I love it. I think I hate I, I enjoy the quality of how good the other teams were last season. Um, that were going for the title. You know, City, Liverpool, the last two years. But it's like you have to be perfect. And I think this season, because of COVID and stuff, we're gonna see more losses. And it's gonna be the league leaders might have like might win the league in that eighty. 80 mid 80s point rate be, instead of having it might be like the Leicester crazy. season exactly Ooh. exactly that would be interesting uh but i don't that's want what makes it more interesting it's a bit better race yeah it's a better race for and not just the, the title but all the teams below it because when you look at the, the league this year we got you know we have great coaches as well 10, as, honestly the entire top half it's gonna be yeah, yeah. uh but i i'm open to it like i want it to be like a close race because i do feel uh, Liverpool and City are in a different world to everyone else in the league. So this kind of closing the gap. And I feel like even like all around the league, in terms of quality, because of how much money these Premier League teams get, I feel like players, there's not a huge gap in quality like there used to be previously. Uh, so I do not want, however, another Leicester situation where let's say, an Everton win the league or Aston Villa win the league since they're unbeaten right now. You don't think, that's more, right you don't think uh, that's more exciting than seeing Liverpool and City? I'm really not interested in seeing that. I do not want to see Liverpool, uh, Aston Villa in big games or even Leicester, I don't want to see them in big games or even Everton in big games. It, I'll, I'll enjoy watching them. Okay, fight for your top six. Know your place, <laughs> but oh, uh, this man's not because like the whole point <laughs> of a club is to continue improve it to become you know a title contender. Like yeah, I'm okay with improving. I'm okay with becoming a title contender. But these clubs were never planning to become title contenders, so it's something out of the blue. Everton going into season, if you ask anyone at that club, no, not a single person would tell you we want to win the league. Go oh, to of course they wouldn't say that same thing. And they no, not a single person would have even secretly predicted it because it's just not how it's done. It's not supposed to happen. These clubs, Liverpool can win the league. Obviously, I don't want that to happen, but they can and they should. Man City can and they should. Those two are worlds apart. If you could bring Arsenal closer to them, Spurs closer to them, uh, Chelsea closer to them, maybe even Everton closer to them. That's okay because Everton have a lot of quality in their squad, and I'm okay with that. But for Everton or Aston Villa, I'm calling Aston Villa because they're the only other unbeaten team in the league, by the way. Uh, for the, one of those two to win the league, it's just not something I want to see personally. I'm not going to lie. You kind of sound like some old boomer head who wants <laughs> to keep things the way they are and not want any kind of change. He sounds like a Republican, like a football Republican. He, do, he does. That's the exact vibe I'm getting from this. <laughs> <laughs> Real classist, like bro. What you, you know, like, like no yeah, team he, has. He wants it the right. old ways. He says, "Yeah, oh, top four, how it used to be." Yeah, like, like bro. It's a new, it's a new, it's a new era, my guy. We have Bielsa at Leeds. We have Carlo Ancelotti at Everton. This isn't, this ain't 20, 20, 2009. Like, it's different now. Everton have every right with their quality and their coach to to be in the top four over all or over. Ole and, and Lampard, like they got Bielsa. Bielsa has every, Bielsa and Leeds have every right to finish higher than Lampard, and like there no one, no team has a divine right to finish where they finish. It's that, I'm not saying exactly. You, you, have, saying. you just get the results. If you can get the results, exactly. you finish where you finish. That's why exactly. I said, you end up winning the league with those results. Boom. That's why I said there's a 
the quality is not as huge as it used to be. I said all these teams have come closer to the top of the table, while those two at the top have kind of separated themselves from everyone else. So I'm okay with those two at the top, you know, staying there. But for these bottom feeders, like Aston Villa, to come up and win the league... They're not gonna I think I'm it's good. About- I think it's good for the Premier League. It's gonna bring eyes. It's interesting to watch. It's not something I want to see, though. Like I'm saying personally, it's not something I want to see. I don't want to see Tyrone Mings in a title deciding game. <laughs> I don't want to see Maddie Cash or Matt I mean, Target if, in the if they if they play I don't to see- the great potential and they play well on the pitch and they get to where they are. I think they deserve to, you know, be I mean, in that title. I know. Contender. I know what they are, though. We all know what they are. And that is not a title. Yeah, but if they, all right, but if they go on to continue to win games and you know do what they have to I mean, do, if they punch above their weight, good for them. But it's not something I want to see personally, and I don't think it's going to happen. By the way, <laughs> well, Villa definitely that'll be crazy. But Everton, I'm going to go on every. We're going to talk about Everton because they have every like if Everton, therefore they play right now. Everton are playing in the league. The, some of the best team football and the results are showing it being at the top of the table. It's not like it's Villa where Villa, okay, you know for sure they don't have the quality, they don't have the coach, and they're just they're definitely pushing above their weight. But when you look at Everton, the business they've done, when you were talking about, you know, they had they they obviously didn't think they were gonna finish maybe obviously to win the league, but considering they signed Ancelotti and the way they invested, they have they want to finish the top four. They're not I don't think they're they're looking at it and be like, oh yeah, we're definitely, we weren't going to the season thinking anything. I'm thinking the way Everton were moving, DeCore, Allen, Ancelotti, James Rodriguez, that's like, a, for Everton, that's like a Galactico signing. So for me, I'm looking at Everton and thinking, this is where they want. They wanted to be in Europe, and now they see how the league is going. They're going, we, let's see how this, how we, how far we can go. I mean, um, we're just four games into the season, so let's not get carried away again. But no one's getting uh, carried away. These are just, we're just going off what we see so far. That's all we can do. Yeah. I mean, but... To say, you know, Everton title challengers or they should be looking towards that. It's it's not it's just not something that they should. Uh, they could look towards a European place, Europa League. Maybe we could scrape into Champions League, but it's going to be a long season. Lots of things are going to happen. But Everton have that uh, have that kind of boost of not playing any European competition. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them, but. I'm not banking on them to finish in top four. All right. Well, City, we they drew 1-1 with Leeds, but we haven't spoke about City just in general because the City of last season, and well, the City that won the league, we're seeing it. Personally, to me, I'm seeing City go backwards under Pep Guardiola now. It's not – they're not improving. Um they had they hit a peak with the Centurions, and last season for all the money they spent to finish where they finished so far from Liverpool, bad. And then this year, as you said, it's early, but we can't go off. We see we're already seeing signs. I mean, the five-two result was was just was just crazy. And then they drew one-one to Leeds. And when I look at the investment that City's put in. I'm just like, it's not good enough. It's just not good enough for me. Um, their defenders, Mendy, terrible. Their center backs, um, the Leicester game, 
Eric Garcia Ake. They Eric Garcia with his with his helmet was looking like it was a me- it was just a mess back there. <laughs> Could have played Peter Check there and there would be yeah. no difference. Yeah, what do you guys what, what do you guys think of City? Because for me, they're looking very unconvincing. I still think obviously it's early and I still think they're gonna perform because they have the quality. But I think they're they're underachieving and because it's City, obviously no one cares about City. They don't really like no one puts a too much light on it. But they're looking very shaky in the light as well. Definitely. Uh, I don't think City have looked good uh, at all, to be honest. Uh, against Wolves, they looked good in the first half. They died in the second half. I think it's the same for this Leeds game. I think they looked very good in the first half. In the second half, they Leeds looked like Manchester City, and City looked like they just came up from the championship. Uh, so there's a lot definitely that needs to be improved. And Guardiola isn't, you know, he's not a clown. He sees that. He knows that... They have some way to go, and I have a feeling because of how tight, you know, how everyone's kind of faltering this season, uh, if City can, like, get their act together and play the way we know they can, then I think they could win the league again. But the problem is injuries. Uh, Right now, they're playing with no striker, which isn't, you know, the greatest thing for... uh, a Premier League team. I think you should always have a number nine up there, but yeah, it's it's not good for City right now, performance wise. Yeah. yeah, they have not had the greatest of starts. But to be fair, you know, like Nora said, none of the other big teams have had that great of starts either. So it's not like you know, it's still early on. They're not like fully in the mud. You know, like screw themselves. They still have a lot of time. You know, they have to get their act together. They just brought in Ruben Diaz. He just made his debut the other day he, against. He looks good. Yeah, so, you know, they finally have a center back pairing with Laporte and that they finally replaced company, basically. Um, and, yeah, like Norris said, the number missing a striker is definitely going to hurt them. You know, Sterling's going to have to be playing as that false nine or striker role for now. But, you know, when you're missing a clinical striker like Aguero and even, you know, a great backup in Gabriel Jesus, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt the so team. None of, so none of y'all are thinking Pep is, is looking a little... Dusted, <laughs> a little dusted. No, for real. I mean, they, Bro, you think, know, this conversation this. comes in every season. Be, no, it, it happened last season because it deserved to happen when they finished how many points below Liverpool after spending so much. In yeah. this season, when I, I think it's at, just because they so didn't invest properly. Well, that's you have to look at it. That's another point I'm about to get into, which is Pep and his spending on defenders, right? The team that Pep invested, that came, that he inherited at City, you know, the KDBs, the Sterlings, they were all there. Those players were already performing. He did not buy those players. Company. The spine of that team was always there. Silva, right? But when it comes to his actual buying when he's been at City, it's John Stones, 50 M's, Mendy. Danilo, Mendy, Angelino. I mean... What are we saying here? Because which one? Who's 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 a success at City besides Kyle Walker? Name the Laporte. Yeah. Uh, Defenders. Not until he was frozen out the club. Oh, Laporte then. Laporte's been a success. So one one defender out of the four hundred and five million spent: Cancelo, Mendy, Stones, Angelino. I mean, I don't know. For me. Uh, questions are going to be raised of Pep for me. I, I think it's fair. Uh, and even this season, I think 
it's fair to raise questions of their you know their defenders yet again if they fail to keep it tight at the back but then even with the Ruben Diaz signing I don't think Ruben Diaz was definitely not you know Pep's first choice he clearly wanted uh Khalidu Koulibaly he couldn't get that and then he went after Conde of Sevilla he couldn't get that and then they went towards Ruben Diaz uh, so I'm not really gonna, I'm not gonna knock him for the Ruben Diaz signing, but with the amount of money that Diaz was brought in for, I'm gonna expect him to, to perform, and I'm gonna expect, and I'm gonna expect Pep to get him to perform, because if you're, you know, one of the best managers in the world, Ruben Diaz is not a slouch. He's he's a very good football player also. So you have to get it to work with the amount of money you've spent. Mendy has turned out to be terrible. And since, you know, since that first injury he got, he looked very good in the first, you know, few games he was playing. Since that first injury, every time he's played, he looks completely out of place on a Premier League pitch. Uh, but yeah, uh, Pep has to tighten, you know, tighten it up. And also, let's get, I feel like they need, no matter what anyone says, I feel like they need a midfield. I was gonna, not, I was gonna bring up KDB's yeah. disaster classes. I've been quiet on him too, but he's been sticking <laughs> it up since the since the season started. I mean, they're, I'm wrong. They're playing him with Rodri. They're yeah, playing Rodri has him. been a bit of a once again question. I'm questioning. Well, Pep, he has some time, but he's been a flop a bit. Yeah, That's, he hasn't. Guess who, up. guess who signed him? Guess who signed him? <laughs> <laughs> okay, ain't gonna say but, much. Brandino was there. Uh, if we're going back to KDB, I said the same thing about KDB. Uh, we had this argument a long time ago. I, I believe it was even on this podcast. KDB and Verratti in central midfield. And Alex was telling me that KDB, he would take KDB in central midfield. And I told him there's KDB no way that's voice. Apologies. We got it massively wrong. <laughs> we got it massively wrong. KDB is a spamming right winger who just spams crosses. I'm, that's what I'm saying to him. You don't think that's very reactionary now? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll, uh, they're two different types of players. You can't compare them to see say oh, yeah, which one you want in your team. Yeah, the but then, no, the argument was in central midfield because K, uh, Pep had been playing KDB in central midfield, and you know that's exactly what he's doing right now. He was playing Silva, KDB, and Rodri or Fernandinho. So I said. I'd rather have Verratti in that position and play KDB higher up. But Alex said KDB is, you know, KDB, so. <laughs> is that the actual argument? Because <laughs> then I agree with you, Norm. That makes sense. Because <laughs> I don't remember. Because they're going up more further up. Will, that wasn't it, right? He's changing. He's trying to change. I, I feel like it was just a straight up. I feel like it was just straight up. Who do you want in your midfield? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, and I said because I take KDB every day. I remember every day. clearly, I believe it was after the Manchester United game. And I said KDB played there and he stunk it up and we beat them. So I, it has to be central midfield. It has to be. The city's midfield I also. I, you need more contact with that, though, because if I already have a creative playmaker, yeah, I'll take Variety instead. <laughs> but if, you, if I already have a box of box in my midfield, I'm taking De Bruyne. Yeah. Um, so, yes, questions over. It's going to be a weird season. We're, we're going to wrap up now, but it's going to be a weird season with the, with the COVID effects, with, with no fans. It's just, it's just it's a weird one. I'm not going to lie. Already with the the way the results are happening, the results, the, the the way the table's looking, like I don't know, I don't know how the season's gonna end. I know it's gonna be a lot of ups and downs. 
Um, and we definitely got to. I really want to like redo our top four predictions because I feel like. I mean, well, that one basically didn't count. We could scrap that. Pigman, <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? Yeah, just scrap that prediction. Yeah. <laughs> it was too Pickman, early. We'll have to type that out, man. Yeah, because I'm looking at it. I'm just like, ah, we'll solve it hard. off air and have a new uh, prediction up on the podcast account. So keep an eye on that. First, Cause only because it's. Only because of time constraints, I'm not going to get onto Lampard, but I'm coming for everyone's head. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get to, rip, I didn't get to rip Lampard how I wanted. I, did, I wasn't, I wasn't on all his head how I wanted. But and when, it's all right. and when Alex injures them, I'm going to be there mending the wounds and making sure <laughs> everything is yeah, yeah. looked at in perfect health and perfect conditions. I'm going to make, I'm going to make sure of that. All right. And well, I just want to say was, Juventus. Is still mm-hmm. a scummy, scummy football club, by the way. So, oh, we all knew. Yeah, keep an eye on the pod account if you want to know what happened between Juventus and Napoli. Yeah, a lot of funny business as well. PSG, Bayern, Juve. I'm on to you guys. Barcelona, the money laundering. That's it's <laughs> gonna come to the light sometime. I see what's going on. Man, Douglas, Barcelona's been doing this. Huh? <laughs> I'm seeing Douglas Costa go back and forth. Bayern, Juve. I, like, listen, this is nasty. There's, there's deeper, darker criminal links going on. And it's gonna come to light eventually. <laughs> But that was episode 31. Yeah, said, wait, back wait. Season two. Uh, let's close out with everyone's uh, best summer signing since the transfer window is closed. So just close out. Everyone just has one summer signing in Europe's top five leagues. So just one for everyone. Will, you go first. Uh, off the top of my head. I want to say Sonny to Byron just because of the price. Okay, yeah, that's that's a very good one. Alex, for me, I can't. I have to say both of these players because to me, they're the two best midfielders in the Prem now: Thiago well, and Thomas Partey. Is KDB not a midfielder? <laughs> nah, I don't, I, he's out of mid, he's out of midfield for me now. I don't know what he is. He's a middle wing. Yeah, <laughs> Has a couple a bad wing. games. No, no, no. KDB is cold, but I'm talking about pure CMs. Like for me, pure CMs and Dombele, Party, Thiago, in no order. The no order. They're the best three CMs in the league for me. But uh, for me, Ashraf Hakimi, best summer signing. This man said a right wing back for Inter. All right. <laughs> Hard. Inter, Inter are going to win the league, and they're going to get to the semifinals of the... And Hakimi is the catalyst for that? Definitely. Maybe Lukaku's feasting. Lukaku is feasting. Let's go. What? They're getting to the semis of what, you said? Semis of the Champions League. Is there, is there a problem? <laughs> We'll come back to this. <laughs> a lot has been said today. That's all I was saying. All right, that's episode thirty-one. We're about to. We're gonna get guests in. Um, and yeah, expect more from us. Uh, till next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you know, mask up. Stay. Get get your mask on. Peace. Peace. <laughs>